I can't believe that you are so confused about Bitcoin still. <laughs> I could say the same to you, brother. Welcome, everyone, to POV Crypto, the only podcast that both Bitcoiners and Ethereans listen to. I'm David Hoffman, here with my buddy Christian. Christian, how you doing? Doing good, man. Summer, baby. It feels amazing. It is literally dumping out in Seattle. That's horrible. Come back to Cali, man. It was beautiful last week. The sun is gone. Yeah, being in San Francisco for those few days was a, was a treat. I was hoping to come back to that in Seattle, and that did not happen. Speaking of dumping, <laughs> we're looking at some charts right now, and it looks like, at least to me, some of our favorite crypto assets are about to dump. You think that we're on the cusp of a dump? I don't know, man. Like, how how much of a dump? I think we just, we just saw a mini cycle in the last, like, three months. I think, I think we just saw, like, a, a little micro cycle, because Bitcoin just went through a euphoria stage where it goes from $5,000 on the 2nd of April to $14,000 on the 25th of June. So that is one, two, two and a half months, a little over two and a half months. So Jesus, like almost $10,000 in two and a half months. That is just insane. And so like that, that, and everyone at Bitcoin 2019 was absolutely euphoric it was the euphoria stage for sure and so i think we now have to fall back down to a period of despair where like everyone acknowledges that that was just totally unsustainable and we actually have to start people start have to start to believe that uh the bear the bear market's back on and you know people have to capitulate out of this uh out of this little euphoria that we went through. Uh, and that's kind of just what I think is, is possible. As far as like numbers-wise, how far that goes, I don't really know. Um, but I think I think it's reasonable that we go all the way back down to like, for Bitcoin, like six, we, we touched like 6,000 or something. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to like zoom out here all the way. I'm zoomed out till last summer. Right where we were kind of hovering in the uh, the high six thousands, and that's really the last place that has like any meaningful support um, for a while. I don't know. Like I'm kind of looking at that high six thousand range, and like it might be crazy, but maybe we go back down there. One of my buddies, uh, Brady from Citizen Bitcoin, I was actually just on this podcast earlier this week. He he posted earlier today. This might be the last time that anyone can get four digit Bitcoin. And I just like tweeted at him. I was like, famous last words, question mark. It's way too early for those kind of like victory marches. Absolutely. I try and the way I try and make sure I'm grounded is talking about this in terms of days. Like, is it really that unreasonable that Bitcoin goes backwards 60 days of prices? And if we go back 60 days, Bitcoin is is valued at like six thousand five hundred dollars, and so when when we were pumping and we were going from like ten thousand to fourteen thousand, and then it fell from fourteen thousand to twelve thousand. Earlier that day, I had uh, talked to some friends, and they're like, "Oh yeah, it's gonna crash. You know, it's gonna it's gonna blow up. There's gonna be such a such a sudden retracement of price." 
And then when it goes from 14,000 to 12,000 in like 20 minutes, they were all like, ah, ha, ha, I was right. Like the, you know, the Bitcoin just crashed. It was totally unsustainable. And I'm like, dude, it, it went from 14,000 to, to 12,000 in 20 minutes after going from 10,000 to 14,000 in three days. So like, as far as I'm concerned, a four, that's not a crash and that's not, not even a retracement. It's just normal noise. And so when we talk about like how sustainable these prices are and people are like, oh yeah, it, it, it was never going to go below 10,000 again. 10,000 was a week ago. It was so recent. Like we haven't been above 10,000 for a long time at all. What I think like people need to understand is that no matter what, there's someone trying to make money on someone more stupid. And people always say that that's something that's like a bad thing as if like everyone's just like everything is just a pump and dump. But that's just how things work is like someone's trying to sum up how much is this thing worth and someone else is trying to sum up should I buy this thing. And there's always that tug of war. And the way that people make money is that they buy something when they think it's cheap and they dump it on someone FOMOing when they think it's expensive. That's just kind of how Bitcoin and ETH and all these other things are going to work. And when you just see this massive blow off top where you're moving three or $4,000 a day, like you got to expect that people are going to take that as a signal like, hey, let's make some money here. Yeah, when, when Bitcoin goes from 4000 to 12000 the power of hodlers didn't increase at any amount. And then the incentive to for traders to sell got like three times as large. And so like... Bitcoin going from 4,000 to 12,000 doesn't make the, the true hodlers want to hodl anymore because they're already maxed out on our hodledness. But the traders are like, ooh, three times as much money. That's three times the incentive to sell. And so like you, you don't gain that much more hodl power in like three months. And so it, it, it's just bound to dump. Yeah, so moving on from the Bitcoin USD chart, let's look at the ETH BTC chart. Like... ETH did not do really anything uh, compared to what Bitcoin did these these last few months. How you feeling about what what's happening here? Yeah, well, no, nothing really did what Bitcoin did, um, because Bitcoin is just hyper rational. <laughs> this whole thing, it's definitely coming to a turning point. Like you, you can see the pattern developing. We've we've bounced off of zero point zero two five four times now in the last year, two years. Uh, and like the highs coming off of those bounces are just getting lower and lower. So like the 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 first bounce went from 0 0.025 to uh, 0.125 bitcoins, and that's when Ether went from like three hundred dollars to fourteen hundred dollars. That was the big the big run. And then we bounced off of 0.25 in September of 2018, and then again in December, and then again in May of 2019, and just recently, like two days ago. And now we're coming back up. Um, but the highs, the highs are coming down and the, the floor is staying the same. So like this pattern is going somewhere. And yeah, I think it's, if I were to guess which way it's going, I think we're going to start to bleed below 0.25 slowly, 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 slowly for a while. And then proof of stake is going to come and, and, and then charting is going to come like six to eight months later. And then EWASM is going to come and, and then we're going to skyrocket again. And it's going to be that low, slow bleed while, uh, a lot of the promises on Ethereum get fulfilled. That's that's my vision. Man, that's gonna be hard. If that if that's true, but also the point the point of Ether is to is to get it over into the ETH two point 
uh, state. And so there's no way that I would wait to buy Ether at its 2.0 state because then it's just going to be way higher in price. Like all like the, the slow bleed is happening, but it's going to get stopped by actual ex execution. And so like the, the ETH 2.0 spec just got frozen. And so that's behind us now. And we have the, the deadline of January 3rd to get um, the beacon chain up and rolling. Like the, this, the slow bleed will happen until the fundamentals get executed on. And when the fundamentals get executed on, that's where that's where we'll see the turnaround. The market is saying that ETH has yet to transition. So that's why you're being punished. Yes, I would agree with that. Versus versus Bitcoin, even though Bitcoin never Bitcoin price never does anything rational, versus Bitcoin, yeah, it depends on its ex execution, which has always been the case. I would question that that statement that Bitcoin's price never does anything rational. I think that the price is always rational, and people are just trying to figure out ways to justify or not justify it. No, the prices are always irrational in the moment, but they're rational over the long term, and so like. I'm not saying that Bitcoin isn't worth like $10,000 or whatever it is right now, but I'm saying it's in, in its, its most recent price movements always just are never grounded in fundamentals because you can't, you can't provide fundamental analysis of Bitcoin. That's like the whole point of the Bitcoin blockchain is that it's just like 100% correlated and 100% 100 speculative because of the 21 million hard cap. That that is completely false. All of those <laughs> things you just said com are completely incorrect. The only fundamental thing you can measure about the value of the blockchain is its ability to be attacked. But that doesn't even mean that Bitcoin should be valued at a specific price. Like anytime I re read somebody's like evaluation of Bitcoin and say that they're like their target is a certain price, I'm like, you just made that number up. There's no way that that you can come to a conclusion about a specific number. Couldn't you compare it to any other form of way of creating a store of value, buying foreign property, uh, opening a foreign bank account, all of those kind of things? No, buying gold. because... No, yes, buying gold, but no, buying property, no. Bitcoin is not a, a real estate asset. But a lot of property is bought to not be used as real estate, but simply to hold value. Yes, and not to be speculated on because the fundamentals of a, of a real estate property is its value. It's passive income. It's, it's something that is intrinsically valuable, which is physical space. Like these things are not the things that Bitcoin has. Bitcoin just has scarcity. And, and real estate is has scarcity, and so it gets its value from that, but it also has utility because you can live somewhere or charge somebody else for living there. Yeah, but the, but there's a lot of there's a lot of real estate in New York and San Francisco that is not being lived in. It's just literally being held, right? Like right, people but are the, buying because it. Because it could be. They're, so, they're maintaining it, and then they're just holding it because they need value to be stored somewhere that's not fiat. And not in their country. So Bitcoin offers that. Just because it's not a house doesn't mean it doesn't offer those things. Yes, it does. <laughs> because, because no one doubts the necessity of, of property, of real estate. Just like no one is doubting the, the finiteness of Bitcoins. Finiteness does not mean value. Finiteness is just a property. Right. That some person could value. Right. Yes, exactly. And other people couldn't. 
so it may have a price. Right. If well, everything has a price, but just being scarce doesn't therefore deserve value. Because this is why Bitcoin. Why is, Bitcoin this a, blockchain why is, is the question of deserving anything? Just huh? what is someone willing to pay for it? As soon as people realize that Bitcoin is just this thing that other people dump on other people, and it, it's and again, as soon as the meme of price goes up gets killed, and then it's no longer like this something that people can question to be like similar to real estate, and it's just like this this um, beanie baby that promises to never have more than twenty one million beanie babies. I can't believe that you are so confused about Bitcoin still. <laughs> I could say the same to you, brother. The, the value prop is not price go up. That's just a great PR feature. <laughs> no, that's the whole thing. Then Bitcoin doesn't do anything else. It has a 21 million limit, and then and then people think that they're going to be able to sell it on other people into the future. Bitcoin absolutely does many things. Bitcoin has many value propositions. It's uncensorable money. And you know that every single confirmation makes it extremely, extremely difficult to to uh, to censor or or double spend or or you know whatever turn it around reverse. You know that you cannot be inflated away because the system doesn't have an inflation or its inflation is capped. I mean those those are properties that people want and. Those are reasons why houses and property and real estate have value outside of the fact that people can live in it. Um, there's actually a really fantastic article called Bitcoin Has No Intrinsic Value and That's Great by a guy named Connor Brown. Um, if you just look him up, it's a fantastic Medium article. And it talks about how the fact that other things have intrinsic value and monetary value or monetary premium on top of them actually is like a market distortion almost because now gold is more expensive than it needs to be so it can't be put in your computer to make the cheapest computer components possible right because that monetary premium is adding a tax to it same with real estate you could potentially blame people not having enough real estate in enough places to live in these cities that are full of empty apartments because people are investing in them you can blame that on not having a store of value if bitcoin or something else could be a good store of value that in itself is a massive use case and has a massive market today and would potentially allow these other things to be fairly priced yeah so i'm i could be convinced that some like magic unit that doesn't have anything behind it could be given like this monetary premium and and just like nothing with intrinsic value could just magically turn into this have this monetary premium premium but at the same time you have to compare it to other assets that we have available in the world whereas if you're if you're truly trying to store your value there are other ways to do it like real estate for example that both store your value because of the scarcity of property but also uh What's the word? Is is more? Um, it's it's a, a, an asset that pre, it's a working asset. It's an asset that works for you, and that's Bitcoin's biggest drawback: is it doesn't work for you. It just sits there, and where it's always going to lose out uh, in comparison to assets that work in the background and provide you 
the passive income because if you can't just live off of Bitcoin's passive income because that doesn't exist. So you need to find an asset that is also scarce and also generates work. I kind of agree with you, but I would want to point out a couple of things that I think you're assuming that I don't think are necessarily correct. So first and foremost, you're correct that if someone can get cash flow on their investment while maintaining the principle that they invested, like that's obviously superior to just holding the principle, right? But mm-hmm. at the same time, you're assuming that someone can have a property and have cash flow without also now then operating a real estate company. You're assuming that this cash flow has no work associated with it when it does. And some people... I mean, I Venmo my landlord. But some people don't want to even run that business. And some people want to store a lot of property or a lot of value, and they definitely don't want to deal with managing a massive real estate business. So that's a benefit that Bitcoin offers is that there's very, very little cash flows from it. In fact, there's none. But at the same time, there's very little upkeep, right? No time needed to maintain it. Um, no cost to maintain it. You just keep it in your wallet. So it's definitely a trade-off. And it's a trade-off that I think a lot of people will favor. We've definitely transitioned from talking about prices to just another fight night. That's fine. Man, each chart's still looking icky to me, man. I don't know. Maybe it bounces really hard. I don't know. I think you could you could put another big gigantic green candles in like one or two months and it would look totally normal. It just looked like it was like a basing pattern for a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's the big question is like, is this basing pattern that's been going on for like March of 2017 or December of 2017, whenever you want to cross that line, it's been going on for a year and a half plus now. Um, which direction is it going to go? I don't know. In terms of since 2018 against the USD chart, that looks like a nice basing pattern and it looks like it's going to move up. Yeah, the USD chart looks super good. Super yeah. good. Let me pull that up. Oh, yeah. So like the ETH USD chart, if ever since that, that dead cat bounce peak in... May of uh, May of 2018, when Ether re- went from Jesus $340 to $830 within one month. That's fucking crazy. Um, we've we've touched this perfect circle of a chart, and if you if you're if you're on TradingView, you can go and and hit that circle function. But every single peak, there's a there's it touches the circle. At May of uh, May of 2018, and it touches it again at uh, September of 2018, and then touches the circle again at December at $85, and then it's touched it again at $150 to $165 in May of this year, and then it touched it again at $226, and then it touched the circle again at $278. So the circle's on the upswing now, and we're currently resting on it right now. And this making this just perfect like half circle of, of like a re rebound, I guess. And if this circle holds and it holds as high as it did as, for as long as it did in May of 2018, it means we'll hit like $680 by the end of, by the middle of September. Parabolic, bro. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously this circle has to break at some point because if it doesn't break by... Um, 
literally the 12th of September, some sometime between the middle of September and the end of September, where it's going to start going backwards in time, because that's how circles work. So it, ha it has to break between now and then. Like, we have to fall through this circle. But we've been holding it for a year and a half. Uh, and so, so long as we're still in the uh, circle, I'm still pretty bullish. I'm going to take the uh, the conversation about the circle indicator as an opportunity to say this is definitely not investment advice. <laughs> I stole this we chart from do not. <laughs> yeah, we do not know what we're talking about. We're just not looking at, at charts and talking about them. All right, so uh, if you listen to us, man, you did that on your own free will, and I'm sorry. Just stack stats. I don't trade. Uh, I've I've dabbled with some trading. I think once you get a little bit more comfortable with how the crypto markets work and how reflexive they are, trading actually is uh, not as, as hard as it seems. Or I've gotten lucky, one of the two. I've seen some traders, and and honestly, I, I'm wrong a lot, where I'm just like, man, I'm, I feel like it's going to go down. And usually mm -hmm. at that moment, I'm like, I'm just going to mark it by right now because I am a counter indicator. I don't like losing yeah. Bitcoin. So I've never made a trade where the price just goes really really down and I, i'm like oh yeah this is what the bottom looks like or this is this is what buying low is and then i'm buy it and then it goes up uh, it's always been the classic it's pumping so it's gonna pump more so i'm gonna buy and then i turns out that's just how you buy the top i really like the mayor multiple um which is tell me about it yeah which is at least for bitcoin i don't know what the equivalent is for ethereum but there will be one for ethereum but for Bitcoin, you take the 200-day moving average, and then whatever that price is, you uh, you divide the Bitcoin price by that price. And so, if the Bitcoin price is 8,000 and the 200-day moving average is 4,000, that means the Mayor multiple is two. So, and there's this like chart that shows you like the buy zone, the hold zone, and then like the dollar cost sell, and then the sell zone, right? So. It's like if the multiple is between 1 and 2.2, that's like the buy zone. If it gets to like 3, that's you definitely need to start dollar cost selling. And then if you get to like 5, that's like you need to like think about selling a bunch um, because it's very overbought. So it's just a irrationality ratio? Kind of, yeah, exactly. Just how, how fast is the price moving up, right? And if right. you would have applied this to the 2017 bubble um when you when we were at 18,000 or 19,000 i think the mayor multiple was like 3.8 right mm -hmm. so what what was it when it went from from 4,000 to 14,000 what was it at the 14,000 it was like 2.8 which okay. which is in the dollar cost sell zone yeah well what's it right now uh i mean you you can look there's at the mayor at mayor multiple or it's like on at twitter? tip mayor multiple on twitter um it, it like tweets it out every day but it's around it's like on the high high ones low twos but um if you were to kind of find a dependable moving day average and apply that to eth that would be a pretty good tool for when you should buy hold or sell yeah this is a super cool uh metric i'm gonna follow that for sure um yeah, because it's just a it's just a measure of how crazy the price is. Exactly. And historically, if you sell when it's craziest, that makes too much sense. Has it? Have you ever done like a backwards analysis of this and seeing like 
okay, this is when it said it was really crazy, but then it still continued to pump. I think so. I think if you like go into their website, it kind of goes into a lot of stuff. I personally have not investigated mm-hmm. this, um, but from what I can tell, it's pretty dependable. Cool. Okay, so looking at this chart, this mayor multiple chart, it spiked up to 14 in 2011. And it spiked up to eight and a half in 2013, and then 6.6 in 2014. And then it stayed real low up until 2018 when it hit its high of 3.78. And now it just peaked and hit 2.35. So this the peaks have been trending downwards and also elongating, which, I mean, is just a measure of Bitcoin becoming more stable as its market cap gets bigger. Just some, something I thought that was interesting. Yeah, definitely. But still, when it's uh, close to one, that's really, that's like buy. And if you were to be doing that, you would be buying a lot of, you know, 4 and 3K Bitcoin. So this recent rise and rise and tumble, if you, even though I'm not ready to call it a tumble, like what do you, what do you think is just like this, this like little intermission between a very long bear market and a relatively shorter bear market but on both sides is a bear market and the real bull market is actually just kind of postponed by this for like a year or something and the bull the real bull market doesn't start until like the end of 2020 yeah i mean it's kind of hard to really say this is the reason this is happening uh if i could point to Mm -hmm. anything things got really really bearish and that was inaccurate um, there was obviously we all knew that there was bullish things happening when the prices were tanking um, and there was an overcorrection and that kind of culminated in, you know, a blow off, a little mini blow off top. Um, and now we are kind of coming back down to earth. There's a right price. Right. And, uh, you know, the, the Litecoin happening in the pump, I'm sure that brought a lot of attention and excitement. Um, the kind of anticipation for the Bitcoin having. Um, the anticipation for, you know, the now pending E2.0 launch, like, you know, all that kind of stuff all culminated in this really big pump. Um, so there's a lot of things that are happening. You know, it's difficult to point to anything in particular. You know, the markets are rational because the market has all the info. We are irrational because we can't connect the dots. Yeah, that's an interesting way to put it. Um, it's just this, this, the timing seems way too good to be true like we it it seems like we should not be in this bull market where bitcoin starts the bull market at fourteen thousand dollars like that seems like fucking crazy um but at the same time like crypto is known to do stuff like this i just i just don't know what are you excited about in eth right now I want to see uh, Andrew Keyes' Dharma Fund and, and see what they do, but they're probably going to be relatively uh, private about that. So they have a $100 million fund to invest in Ethereum and Ethereum infrastructure in order to generate alpha. So the idea is like you give them 1,000 ETH and they'll give you 1,010 ETH back, <laughs> which sounds like a scam on Twitter, but it's, it's the point of the fund. Uh, <laughs> um so i'm kind of excited to see to see what what they build um i can't remember who said it but somebody in the fintech space said to uh assume that every single major tech company is looking into stable coins frictionless blockchain payments and the likes 
Uh, and so I think there's actually a very significant number of projects behind the scenes that we haven't heard, heard of. Like Libra came out in the last like two or three months, right? And that's that's a huge scale project. And I want to know what other Libras are out there behind the scenes that are currently being worked on, because uh, I think there's a ton. I tweeted about one of them. There's uh, one that's like really headed up by, um, it's like LG and Kakao, which are two big Korean companies. Um, but it's like oh, yeah, a the, similar, the consor- yeah, similar type consortium, um, to Libra. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but apparently they're already ready to ship. Whereas Libra is not like, I don't know how much of that is just smoke and mirrors or whatever. Um, but yeah, dude, I think this, this, this currency war is about to begin. I think, I think we're at this very start of this global macroeconomic currency, like seven way fight between cryptos, nation states, tech tech money like it's gonna be dirty dude i think i think we're at the beginning of a very large macroeconomic story that like everyone will be talking about in four years and it will have all started at crypto and no one will realize it i have a book recommendation for the audience and for you david it's called the sovereign individual and it talks about this in detail and it was published before 1999 wow yeah to talk about sovereign identity it talks about how technology will destroy the nation state and how there will be mathematical and cryptography based currencies and how there will be sovereign individuals who have, you know, massive power and massive amounts of money and the world will be completely changed just like the Middle Ages to the Renaissance. Yeah, I think cryptography is probably the most underappreciated i mean not obviously not in the crypto space but um most underappreciated industry in the world and it's actually going to be the way that crypto anarchism comes about do you believe in crypto anarchism well i would be lying if i said that i didn't subscribe to kind of extreme libertarian views um so i think that that somewhere aligns with um extreme liberty and sovereignty which looks kind of like what crypto anarchists want. I don't understand how you can believe in crypto anarchism and not believe in Ethereum. It's the platform for crypto anarchism. It, crypto anarchism, it, the, the order for the anarchy comes through Ethereum. Yeah, I don't think Ethereum does that. <laughs> it does do that. It creates the institutions that are defined by cryptography cryptographic institutions that's how crypto anarchism is going to work no i just think that people and institutions will use cryptography (laughs) no the institutions are the cryptography that's just crazy talk (laughs) it's being born in front of your eyes open your eyes you can see it being built in front of you (laughs) oh man i think there's a good time to wrap it up i don't know what this episode was it was it was an episode if you enjoyed this banter, give us a five-star review on iTunes and prepare for our future live-streamed arguments so you can get David and Christian yelling right into your ears and eyes in uh, live in real time. It's going to be exciting. You guys, this is going to be awesome. It's going to be happening mostly in the evenings Pacific time. But if you are on Twitter, if you're on YouTube, we're going to start doing these fight nights live. I'm excited to see the chat box. Let's go. Let's go. You can find me at CK underscore snarks. You can find the podcast at POV Crypto Pod. 
David? You can find me at Trustless State. That chat box is going to be uh, real spicy. Everyone's going to have to come and represent. I feel like it's going to be mostly Ethereans trolling me, but we'll see if the Bitcoiners show up. No, it's, it's going to be like a virtual bar fight. I'm excited. All right. Bye, guys. Rate and review. Will you just